Good morning, my name is Tom Collenberg. Welcome to the Church of the Palms. I serve as a deacon in our congregation. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us bow our heads as we prepare for worship. O Lord our God, you are always more ready to bestow your good gifts upon us than we are to seek them. You are more willing to give than we desire or deserve. Help us to seek that we may truly find, so to ask that we may joyfully receive, so to knock that the door of your mercy may be opened for us. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. Now as we worship together, may our hearts receive his Holy Spirit, our ears listen to his word, and our voices be raised in praise to the glory of God.
call to worship. Trusting in the abundance of God's steadfast love, let us enter God's house and bow down. Let us, all of us, take refuge in God and rejoice with songs of joy. Let us worship God. God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus his Son cleanses us from all sin. So let us confess our sins to God trusting in his abundant mercy and everlasting love for us. Let us pray. Eternal God, in whom we live and have our being, whose face is hidden from us by our sins, and whose mercy we forget in the blindness of our hearts, cleanse us from all our offenses and deliver us from proud thoughts and vain desires that with reverent and humble hearts we may draw near to you, confessing our faults, confiding in your grace, and finding in you our refuge and strength. 
Through Jesus Christ, your Son. Amen. The saying is sure and worthy of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross that we might be dead to sin and alive to all that is good. I declare to you in the name of Jesus Christ that you are forgiven. Friends, believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. down through the ages and across the globe, let us state what we believe using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell, the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And now we invite you in the love of Christ to turn and greet your neighbors. Good morning. morning. Welcome to Church of the Palms. We are glad you're with us today as we come together in worship. We are grateful to be greeted with such a beautiful weekend and for the chance to now be together to respond to what God has done for us in worship. We're glad that you are with us. We uh, especially welcome you if you happen to be visiting with us today. We would love to 
uh, welcome you especially, and we would invite you to join us underneath the tree. It's a beautiful morning, not many mornings left of this, uh, where we get to just enjoy some nice cool breezes underneath the tree and some coffee and some fellowship, so we hope you'll join us uh, there. And we would love for you to fill out the friendship pads, which are in the pews, that uh, through them you may uh, discover who might be sitting next to you and, and uh, how you might be making even a new friend as, uh, as we come together in worship today. We have a couple things to call to your attention. We, many of you have been asking about how you can respond to this uh, devastating earthquake in Nepal. And on page 17 in your bulletin, you'll see information about that. It's also on our website. Uh, but we invite you, if you wish, if you feel led to uh, respond individually to that effort, uh, to do so through Presbyterian uh, Disaster Assistance Fund. Uh, not sure the phone number is correct in that announcement, so if you want to call the church office, if you prefer to do things by phone, uh, you can get the correct number uh, from our church office. Our Palms Essential class is coming up on May the 13th, a wonderful opportunity for you to learn sort of what the, uh, the DNA of Church of the Palms is all about and how you can be a part of our life through all the many means of discipleship. So we invite you to uh, join us on May the 13th for that, a congregational meeting is coming up uh, on May the 17th. We have a few more officers to elect to uh, bring into leadership here at Church of the Palm. So join us uh, in between services on May the 17th for that very brief uh, meeting. We are delighted today to have Thomas Toole, who has been with us over the course of this weekend. Tom has been leading uh, our session and leadership retreat over the weekend and inspiring us and encouraging us in terms of how we can live out our lives as leaders, live out our lives as disciples, and uh, as a congregation, live out our mission of equipping disciples for the service of Christ. Tom has been a, a dear friend of mine for uh, many, many, many years, and we have uh, uh, been uh, connected to each other through a variety of means. Tom served churches in Pennsylvania and uh, New Jersey and Texas and New York City, and presently now he's in ministry in Atlanta with Macedonian Ministries. And Tom has been truly one of the great mentors of my life and has really been a, a guiding light for me over the course of my ministry. So Tom, we welcome you into our worship service today and look forward to hearing your preaching. We are um, also uh, delighted to be able to celebrate our special birthday. Clint Terry turns 100 this week, and uh, Clint's right over where, there you are, Clint. Stand up, Clint, and let us give you a good round of applause. Yay. <laughs> if I got it right, I think Clint was on the golf course this week, too, so... Uh, well done. We're, we delight with you, uh, as you as you celebrate your birthday this coming, this coming Thursday. You know, this is a perfect time uh, for us to acknowledge uh, a wonderful reality about Church of the Palms. If you, uh, at springtime especially, as you walk into our campus, you just see the beauty that surrounds us, the wonderful, wonderful grounds and the buildings and all the facilities that allow us to do ministry. And uh, we want to give a shout out to our Buildings and Grounds Committee that is here just endlessly uh, doing their work and especially we want to call out a couple of gentlemen who are virtually here almost every day. I, I think they're here more often than I am, which may not be a high threshold, but uh, it's a, uh, and, and that's Paul Ross right over here and we want to give a little cert certificate of appreciation to both of these men. Don't worry about the camera, Paul, we already got that taken care of. <laughs> Shake your hand for us.
And Don Browning, stand up, Don. Don, uh, Don's here like at 6.30 every morning and goes back to about 9.30 every night. So Don, we want to say thank you for your work here. And God bless you. Yes, yes, yes. We are blessed with such servants and we are just grateful, both of you gentlemen, for your work in our midst and for your humble uh, discipleship in our life together. Let's now continue our worship through the presentation of our tithes, gifts, and offerings.
Let us pray. We love you, O God, for you have loved us first. Each day we receive your blessings beyond our understanding. At this moment in worship, we bring you this token of our love. We pray that you will use this, our gifts and ourselves and our prayers for the good of your children near and far. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Please be seated while Lori and our children come forward for children's moment. A quick announcement as the kids are making their way down. We are starting our preparations for VBS and we are building a mountain. So you may have some things at home that we could use and you'll find it on page 15. White flat sheets that are used, newspapers, brown paper bags, or quilt batting. So if you have any of that in the next two weeks, if you could bring it in, it would really help us to build our mountains. Good morning. How are you guys? Our lesson today is from Romans. See, the Apostle Paul was writing a letter to everyone in Rome, and he wanted to encourage them to share the good news of Jesus Christ. In chapter 1, verse 16, Paul writes, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that offers salvation for everybody who believes. That's the look I thought I would probably get. So I want to give you an example. So I brought with me my sand bucket. What do you guys like to do when you go to the beach? What do you like to do? Swim. Ooh, swim. What else? Build a sand castle. Build sand castles. It's like so great. Sydney, do you have something? Uh, <coughs> what do you like to do when you're at the beach? Sorry, do you have any idea what your sister likes to do when she's at the beach? No. Um... Build sand castles. One more, Sophie. Collect shells. Oh, that's great. Collect shells. Do you know what old people like to do at the beach? <laughs> we, we like to walk. So there's this great old story about this guy walking along the beach, and he sees this other guy bending down, uh, down, uh, and he goes, man, what are you doing? And he said, you see this starfish? It's on the beach. Where does a starfish have to be to live? In the water. He goes, so I'm picking them up, and I'm throwing them in. And the guy goes, you're crazy. There are thousands and thousands of starfish on the beach. There are hundreds of miles of beach. You're not even going to make a difference. And the guy picks up another one, and he goes, to that one, I made a difference. Do you know people are just like a fish? out of water. They're dying because they don't know Jesus Christ. So maybe we can't reach everyone, but what if when we leave this place, we do a show and tell. We show God's love and we tell them about Jesus. And then we would make all the difference in the world for that one person. Will you pray with me? Gracious God, we thank you for your love. Fill us up with that love so that we show it, so that we tell it everywhere we go. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Before I read the scripture and bring the message this morning, I just want to say what a tremendous honor it is for me to be at the Church of the Palms. 
your ministry is not only one in Sarasota, Florida, but all over the state of Florida and the Southeast and the United States as you reach out in the name of Christ. I think you've got one of the finest pastors and preachers in the entire country in Steve McConnell. I'm telling Steve he's got to pay me more for these compliments. <laughs> and on a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being high and 1 being low, I think the music this morning is 106. What do you think? Wow. Listen for God's word. Romans chapter 1. I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because of your faith that is proclaimed throughout the entire world. For God, whom I serve with my spirit by announcing the gospel of his Son, that is without witness, that without ceasing I remember you always in my prayers, asking that by God's will I may somehow at last succeed in coming to you. For I am longing to see you, so that I may share with you some spiritual gift to strengthen you, or rather, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who has faith, to the Jew and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed through faith for faith, as it is written, the one who is righteous will live by faith. And then I'd like to just read two verses from Hebrews chapter 12, which is after Hebrews 11, obviously, where the hall of fame of faith is listed. The great people of faith, Abraham and Gideon and Isaac and Sarah and Rahab, many people down through biblical history are listed in Hebrews 11. And then these first two verses of Hebrews 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin that clings so closely. Let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, pour through me, please, the gift of preaching, that these words might not be human words or human opinions, but by a miracle of God's grace, these words, O God, might become your living word to us. And we know they will be, O God, for they pray with anticipation in the strong name of Jesus Christ. And may all the people of God say, Amen. The balcony of the church that I served in a, in a town called New Providence, New Jersey, went all the way around the sanctuary on three sides. There was an unwritten rule that when you got to be in junior high school, you could sit in the left-hand balcony without your parents, but with the junior high advisors. And when you got into senior high school, you could sit in the right-hand balcony without your parents, but with the senior high advisors. One summer, I was preaching a sermon series, and the congregation was watching the Summer Olympic Games, as everybody was around the world, and our congregation saw, as others did, after gymnastics competitions, the judges would hold up a sign or put it on the electronic scoreboard, 9.1, 9.2, 9.3. 
So this was fresh in their minds. And one Sunday, right during the middle of the Olympic Games, uh, at the end of my sermon, we were singing the final hymn, and I could hear a stir in the congregation. And people were kind of laughing and giggling and looking at one another, and I wondered what was going on. And then I looked up into the right-hand balcony, and one senior high kid, right after my sermon, held up a sign, 9.6. Another kid held up a sign 9.8 and another assigned 10.0. And I was feeling really good about this evaluation of my sermon until I realized all three of these kids were high school seniors. They'd all asked me to write college recommendations for them. <laughs> and then one of the senior high advisors put up his sign 2.4. We, we excommunicated him right after that. Now, the author Carlisle Marney employs the metaphor of a balcony to make a profound theological, spiritual point that I don't want anyone to miss here at Church of the Palms today. And the point is that deep within inside every human being is a desire to be blessed. Every one of us needs encouragement. Every one of us inside every human being has this desire to be blessed, to be the best we can be. And what Paul is saying to us, and the author of Hebrews is saying to us is, and Carlisle Marnie is saying to us also, is that people are in our balcony that God has placed. Unlike basement people who pull us down and criticize us, balcony people encourage us to be the very best human beings by God we can be. And Marnie says it's these balcony people in our life that allow us to blossom and discover gifts we may not even known we had. It's one of those Sundays when I wish in this beauty of Sarasota, Florida, of your campus, that I could just take a walk with each one of you instead of preaching from this pulpit, because I'd like to ask you the question, who has been a balcony person in your life? And I have a feeling if we were to, to walk by the beach or walk by the water on this gorgeous campus, and I asked you that question, I'll bet somebody would mention a teacher elementary, high school, college professor, graduate school professor. I'll bet somebody else would mention your grandmother or granddad or your father or mother. I'll bet others would mention a pastor or a Christian ed director or a Sunday school teacher. I'll bet other people would mention a neighbor or a colleague or a friend. Who has been a balcony person in your life? What the author in Hebrews chapter 12 is saying is that in our balcony, we enlarge our balcony when we become a follower of Jesus Christ. And in our balcony are not only the human beings in our lifetime who are balcony people for us, but our balcony is expanded. And we have Abraham sitting up in our balcony and Sarah is sitting in our balcony and Isaac is sitting in our balcony and we've got these great saints, the apostle Paul is sitting in our balcony. He said to the Romans, I want to come to you to encourage you. And what he's saying is, I know I'm a balcony person in your life, and I want to bring you a word of encouragement, and you will encourage me, and I will encourage you. And Paul's saying, we're going to be balcony people for one another. And not only is our, we, we ask the question, who's been a balcony person for us? But I ask you the other question on our walk, in whose balcony are you sitting because see, every one of us, I believe, is a balcony person. Every one of us has a calling to be an encourager. Every one of us is called to call forth the gifts in other people. In whose balcony are you sitting? You may not even know you're a balcony person, and somebody may be watching you, and as they watch you, they may see the gifts of God within you. See, God entrusted the gospel of Jesus Christ to us 
to us. I wore this stole this morning. It's the scripture in miniature. If you were to look at this stole, many of you commented on it on the way in. It looks very beautiful from a distance, really. It's all these wonderful colors. But you know what this really is? These are ties that were cut up. A friend of mine in the Macedonian program of, of young pastors that I mentor, he asked all the children on the Sunday before Father's Day, next Sunday, to bring their father's ugliest tie in their father's closet. <laughs> and all the kids brought these ugly, ugly ties. And actually what's sad is I own most of these ties myself. But <laughs> anyway, he took those ties and women of the church who were seamstresses sewed them all together and weaved them together into this beautiful stole and in the fall, when the stole was finished, he did a sermon on this. And what he said was, God takes the ugliness of our lives and makes something beautiful out of it. God takes the sin and the mistakes and the things we have done wrong and takes it all together and sews it all together. And this is the good news of the gospel of Christ, that out of the brokenness of our lives, God can put our lives back together in a more powerful way than ever before. That's the gospel that's been entrusted to our care. That's what Paul is talking about in Romans 1, 16 and 17. That's why Paul wants us to be balcony people, sitting in the balcony of people's lives, urging them on, challenging them to take a step of faith, urging them to take a risky step. Now, who's been a balcony person in your life, and in whose balcony are you sitting? In Hebrews chapter 12, I think we get several characteristics of what a balcony person should be. First of all, a balcony person, to be really effective as a balcony person, you've got to lay aside every weight and sin that clings so closely. Is anybody here weighted down this morning? Anybody here have anxiety, worry, fear, resentment, bitterness in your soul? Anybody here weighted down by it? I have a friend, uh, George McCausland, a man in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, years ago, who was running a YMCA, and at the age of 50, he had a heart attack, and he was working 70 hours a week and plus 75 hours some weeks. He had a heart attack, and when he went to the doctor and they were working with him to try to restore him to fullness of health, the doctor said, George, you dodged a bullet this time. But if you keep working 70 hours a week, 75 hours a week, you're going to be dead before too long. You have got to let go of things. You're having the whole world on your shoulders. See, George had to lay aside all this weight that was clinging to him. He was bearing the whole weight of the world on his shoulders. So George went home as he was recuperating, and he decided he would write God a letter. Dear God, George said, I hereby resign as general manager of the universe. <laughs> Love, George. And George said, wonder of wonders, God accepted my resignation. Is there anybody here who, like I do sometimes, needs to resign as general manager of the universe Anybody need to come to communion today and lay aside whatever weight and sin and guilt, all the mistakes of your past that are clinging so closely? Well, the second thing a balcony person must do is not only lay aside every weight and sin that clings so closely, but you must run with perseverance the race that is set before us, not somebody else's race, the race that is set before us, because I believe God's got a race for every one of us to run. What's the race that you're called to run at this stage of your life? 
Are you raising children or grandchildren at this stage of your life? Or are you worried about a child or a grandchild or a great-grandchild who maybe is into, needs some alcohol rehabilitation or needs drug rehabilitation or is very ill or has just gotten off the path and you're worried about them? Maybe your race is to care for that child or grandchild in this stage of their life. Mingy has a race that she's called to run. And her race is to walk with people near the end of their life, often here in Sarasota, Florida, and beyond. She has the privilege, she calls it, of walking alongside them. It's not an easy race that she's called to run, but it is her race. She has the privilege of sitting by people's bedsides and praying with them and loving them and caring for them, whether they're ill or whether they're not, whether they're ill or whether they're, they're healthy or she walks beside people, but particularly she's got a calling for people who are very, very sick, and she loves it and enjoys it. It's her race. My cousin's wife has Alzheimer's. He's walking down the road with his wife who barely knows him anymore. It's a difficult, challenging race to run. What's the race God's calling you to run right now? See, sometimes we look at somebody else's race and we say, gee, I wish I could run that race. But God isn't calling us to run their race. God's calling us to run our race. And if we'd be balcony people who display the gospel in our very life, we've got to be faithful to the stage that we're in right now. And then maybe later God puts us in another stage. There's a woman named Peggy Campolo. She's married to Tony Campolo, the internationally known uh, author and speaker and evangelist. And years ago, they made the decision that because Tony spoke all over the world, that Peggy would not travel with him, but she would stay home with her two children, Bart and Lisa. And she liked doing that. She thought it was wonderful. But when at a party one night, somebody said to Mrs. Campolo, and my dear, what do you do? Peggy Campolo said, well, I don't do anything. I'm just a wife and a mother. And when Tony heard that, he said, honey, do you believe that raising these two kids is nothing? She said, Tony, I think it's the most important thing in all the world. But it's just when I compare myself to other people and their race, that they're running like, like they're attorneys and they're doctors and they're artists. I, I don't feel like what I'm doing is really very important. So he said, why don't you come up with something that'll help people know how important what you're doing really is. So the next time somebody said to Mrs. Campolo in a condescending voice, and my dear, what is it that you do? Peggy Campolo said, well, I'm nurturing two homo sapiens into the dominant values of the Judeo-Christian tradition. <laughs> so that they might be instruments for the transformation of the social order into the kind of eschatological utopia God envisioned from the beginning of time. <laughs> and then she said to the woman who asked her the question, and what do you do? <laughs> the woman said, oh, I'm just a lawyer. <laughs> Don't compare your race to somebody else's race. Other races look glamorous. But the race we are called to run is how we bear witness to Christ as balcony people. If we run this stage of our race faithfully, then God's got another race for us later on. But we've got to run this race faithfully right now. So if we'd be faithful balcony people, we've got to lay aside every weight and sin that clings so closely. We've got to run with perseverance the race that is set before us. And finally, we've got to look to Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. Because you want to know the truth? The only person really who matters in your balcony, I know the parents played a role and the teachers played a role and the coaches played a role, the colleagues played a role, but our ultimate balcony person is Jesus. 
Jesus Christ is sitting in your balcony and mine, and he's calling us forth and urging us to take a risky step of faith. You and I play to an audience of one. The only one we have to please is Jesus. The only one to whom we have to be faithful is Jesus. And we have to keep looking at him, keep our eye on him. And the reason people get off the track in their life is they take their eyes off of Jesus. So run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. In the 1996 Olympic Games in Atlanta, Georgia, the United States, I, some of you may remember this almost 20 years ago, the United States women's gymnastics team was in line for the gold medal. But it came down to the last event, the vault, and Carrie Shrug needed a 9.5 in order to win the gold medal. And everybody thought she could do it. The only problem is she had a dislocated ankle. She looked down that runway and saw that she had to go up over that vault and do a somersault and stick the landing, and she was scared. There was fear on her face when she got to the end of the runway. I mean, her face was etched with fear, and she didn't want to run the race that was set before her. But she looked over to the stands, and there was her coach, Bella Caroli. Maybe some of you remember this. And she saw Bella Caroli, and her eyes locked on his. And Caroli said to her, and she was looking right at him, Carrie, you can do it. You can do it. She stood up straight and tall. She ran down that runway. She got up to that vault. She did the somersault, and she stuck the landing. And it hurt. She was writhing in pain. The judges held up the scorecard, 9.6, and she got the gold medal. Someday, when we get to the end of our life, Jesus Christ is not going to hold up a score for us, for not a one of us, will measure up to get into heaven. That's the point of the gospel. The point is not our scorecard. The point is, have we been faithful to admit our need, to acknowledge that we need God, to acknowledge that we need God's forgiveness, to acknowledge that we can't do it without his help. But that Olympic gold medal was won, not really by Carrie Shrug, but in the mind of her coach, who reminded her she could do it by the power within her. And that's what Jesus is sitting in our balcony. He's saying to every one of us, you can do it by the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ that's within us. So I charge you, if you and I would be balcony people, lay aside every weight and sin that clings so closely. Let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us. Look into Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. Because someday, Jesus is not going to hold up the sign and when we get to heaven. Jesus is going to welcome us with the seven words that I don't want anybody to miss. Jesus is going to look you in the eye and me in the eye and call us by name and say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Those are the only words in all the world worth living for because they are spoken by our ultimate balcony person, Jesus. Amen.
here who's ever done anything you wish you'd never done or said anything you wish you'd never said? Anyone here have some ugliness or mistakes in your life? Jesus Christ invites us now to come to this, the Lord's table, to be nourished by his body and his blood. So I invite all of us now who truly repent of our sins, who truly want to be new people, to come and be nourished and refreshed and forgiven at this temple, at this table, by giving our lives to the Lord. Come, for all is ready. Hear the words of the institution of the Holy Supper of our Lord Jesus Christ as they are delivered by the Apostle Paul. I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the same night in which he was betrayed, our Lord took bread, and after he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, take and eat, for this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And after supper, Jesus took the cup and he said, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. Drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you remember the Lord's death until he comes again and he will come again. Let us pray. We invite you, O Lord, to this table. And in doing so, we know that you are already here and have invited us. We are grateful, O Lord, to dwell now in your communion, to be blessed by your Holy Spirit, that these common gifts may be turned into sacred feast, and that we might find here what we've always been looking for, which is your mercy, your grace, your love. So receive us at this table, O Lord, Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Feast us such that we may become a feast for the world, and that we truly may become balcony people to those who would come our way, and that we all might look to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For we pray this in his name, and we pray the prayer he taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Our Lord took bread.
Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. For surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. After supper, Jesus took the cup.
Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And he who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we love God, but that God loved us and sent his son to be the worthy sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. For no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. Thanks, O God, for this holy feast. We now pray that you'll send us out into the world to be your balcony people near and far with all that we meet. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
just before he left London, England to come to America to found the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, William Penn was seated in a Quaker worship service. Someone not familiar with the Quaker tradition of silence came and sat near him. Five minutes went by, 10 minutes went by, 15 minutes went by, everyone was in silence. The man leaned over to William Penn, unfamiliar with the silence, and whispered, when does the service begin? <laughs> William Penn said, the service begins when we walk out the door. As we walk out the door today, God calls us to be balcony people, to spread the gospel with our lips and our lives and our influence. And as we go, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the communion of the Holy Spirit be in us and with us and flowing through us to others, both today and every moment of our lives. May it be so. And may all the people who want to be God's balcony people say, Amen. Amen.